time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s Uncensored. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're talking about the A-Team. You know that theme song? Um, the University of Alabama marching band often plays it as their unofficial... Um, unofficial theme song? Yeah, because they're they're Alabama with A, get it? Uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, the A team. Yeah, the All A right, team. Yeah. A team retrospective. So this is a fun one. Yeah, I love this show totally. If you were a kid in the eighties, you loved the A team. Like, and there's no getting around it. All kids loved that show, and even a lot of adults did. That's the cool thing about it, though, is and, and with a lot of action TV in the eighties, is. Like my my grandpa didn't like my cartoons, and I didn't like his Columbo and boxing matches. Like we just didn't like each other's television, but we did like '80s action television, and and one of the best '80s action television shows was the A Team. Absolutely. So that's something Grandpa and I were like, "Oh, it's A Team, Grandpa." He's like, "Yeah, it's A Team, baby. Let's go. Let's watch some A Team. Let's watch a lot of people shooting and nobody dying." Yeah, nobody died. That's why it got got to keep like it's kind of PG orientation. Is you had a lot of fist fights, you had a lot of shooting, a lot of cars jumping off those eighties ramps that didn't <laughs> yeah, exist. Do the rollover flip thingy in the ramp, yeah. And then the, and then the running gag was that people would come out like unscathed from terrible <laughs> accidents. They did that on purpose just to kind of test realism. That way, it's um, family friendly. Yeah, well, and, and they just kind of wanted to make it cartoonish, which is why the critics didn't like this show. They thought it was comic booky and over the top, but the audience did love it. So that just shows you that critics kind of sucked back then too, just as just as much as they suck today. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to appreciate it for what it is because it is comic-y and over the top. I mean, that's what made yeah, it fun to watch, awesome. especially for kids. Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know, in 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison for a crime that they did not commit. They promptly escaped and went into the underground. And if you can find them and you have a problem and no one else can help, you can hire the A-team. And that's how we got to the A-team. Yeah. And and that followed the same kind of trope where I, I think that's maybe why guys like you and me, we kind of like the contracting and the freelancing work because that's way cooler than being part of the man, right? Yeah. So I these... mean, they, they had basically had a different contract every week is really the job, right? <laughs> they were contractors. <laughs> they got to kick ass and yeah, they were contractors and freelancers. You hire them, they go kick ass and and solve your problem as long as it's a good guy problem and not they don't work for bad guys. Totally. So uh I guess should we go into a little bit of history of the U team? Yeah, sure. Basically, they wanted to put together a show. the 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 station uh, was was it ABC, CBS, NBC, whichever one it was. They were like in third place, and they were putting together sh shows. And they went to the producers, and these are the same guys that produced Riptide and Wise Guy. Remember, we talked about Riptide. So, uh -huh. did Riptide was actually on after the A Team? Yeah, the whole Vietnam vet turned kind of hero for hire thing going on. Yep. Magnum yep. PI was that way too. Yep. Yeah. A lot of those shows. So we wanted to be Vietnam when we were kids. We wanted to be Vietnam vets. badass, vet, vet, badass vets from Vietnam <laughs> who turned like things. into like, like for hire. MacGyver was that way. I don't know if he was a vet, Vietnam I don't vet, think he was a he was vet that way. Yeah. He kind of worked for this organization that was off, off, off the grid, not sanctioned. 
Yeah. So Stephen Cannell and Frank Lupo created the show. The concept is pretty simple. The four guys, they go out and they um, say things. Did you know George Papard and B.A. Brackus were both actually in the military? They were both vets. Yeah. Well, um, Mr. T, who played B.A., Bad Attitude Baracus was a military police officer in the army. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, George Papard was in the Marines. Yeah. yeah. So they had a little experience. Yeah. Well, we can get into the two of them as well here in a little bit. <laughs> didn't <laughs> like each other. George no. Papard actually didn't like Mr. T, is what it was. Yeah. Because he was like this actor, think like that dude in galaxy quest. Like he's like, I'm a bona fide actor. And then this guy comes in, he called him the man with the gold. And he, he wouldn't actually talk to him. Like he, he had other cast members like relay messages if he really needed to talk to him. Cause that's how much he didn't like him because he didn't think he was a real actor. And, and, and he got paid quite a bit more cause he's Mr. T. So he'd be pretty resentful. Yeah, well, Mr. T was huge in the 80s. He had Rocky Three. you had Mr. Yeah. T's cereal. Yeah, he had his own cereal. And it was on. like, it wasn't just like one of those short-lived things. Like for much of the 80s, he had his own cereal. Yeah, yeah. His own toy you got your own cereal and it lasts for years, then you're, you're something. He had his own cartoon. Nobody was eating George Papards for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Papards. Great, great cereal. <laughs> great silver cereal. <laughs> But yeah, George Papard, I mean, he was a legit actor. I mean, he was in Breakfast at Tiffany's and a bunch of other stuff. But his problem was that he was a notorious alcoholic and a notorious asshole, right? So he gained that reputation of being super difficult to work with. And so when the 80s rolled around, he didn't have many options. And Mm -hmm. interestingly, James Coburn was actually their first choice for the character of Hannibal Smith. Uh, for some reason, he couldn't do it. I don't remember what the reason why was. So they went to George Papard, and they basically were like, "Dude, this is your last chance. If you don't step up and do it here, your your career is pretty much over." So yeah. he stepped into the role, but feeling so confident and full of himself, yeah, he was kind of a dick, especially this new upstart guy who all the kids love and gets paid more money and wears a lot of gold. Yeah, well, I mean, he he was the guy. He he was yeah. Mr. T was huge. And you just, he, I think George just had to accept that. He didn't want to accept it. Yeah. But just, yeah. And I believe the role was basically written with him in mind for the character. It was made for him. Yep. They're like, we got it. After Rocky three, they're like, yeah, we need to get Mr. T in our TV show. Then the other two was Dirk Benedict who played face. So the ladies man, and he was the con man guy. Right. And then, and then the, the other guy was uh Ho- howling mad Murdoch. Dwight. Yeah. He was probably my favorite. Cause he's kind of, they got to break him out of mental hospitals all the time to get him like back on the team. Yeah. And you'd think, well, why are they breaking this crazy guy out? But he's actually kind of a genius too. So he's, he's like this super genius, but he's also kind of nuts. So they got to break him out of mental hospitals to go on these missions. And <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah. He was my favorite character because yeah, he, he was just so too. crazy weird, but also kind of a genius. And then there's always that balance. Like, is he just faking it here or is it real here? Like that kind of stuff. And like, yeah, you don't know because he's just kind of off the, off the rails. Dirt Benedict wasn't the first choice for face man either. In fact, someone played a uh, face before him in the pilot, Tim Dunnigan, who went on to play captain power. Remember Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future? Yeah, I remember, but I don't really remember it, though. I mean, I remember it being out, but I don't remember ever watching it 
Well, it's probably because you were poor, and in order to get the best of of that show, you had to buy the guns and the electronic toys and stuff to go with the show. Oh, is that the problem? So that's why you and I don't really remember it, because we didn't have that cool stuff. So we we watched the A-team, because it didn't require any of that. (laughs) We saw the other kids at school playing with their A-team toys, and we're like, man, I want one of those. I want my own A-team van. I'm jealous. Speaking of the van, uh, the van they used was pretty iconic as well it's one of those iconic 80s tv cars where we've done episodes on the the 80s 80s cars 80s vehicles this is one of those kind of iconic things iconic vans iconic vehicles from 80s television oh absolutely it's up there with the kit the general lee yeah so the van was was a modified 1983 GMC Vandura cargo van, but they used other vans for stunts because they, you know, off a ramp and <laughs> they weren't going to reuse them because it blew them up or whatever. But that's why you often saw different license plates because they used different vans. But their their whole thing was, well, they used different license plates because they were on the run and they were fugitives and they had to often change their, which makes sense, their license plates. So, I'll buy it. I'll buy into it. I'll buy it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a 1983 GMC Vendura cargo van. A van that has like conveniently every, all the weapons they need when they need them and like, you know, various like tech stuff. And uh, whenever it gets shot up, it still somehow survives jumps and lands and the wheels don't fall off like the general lee yeah rounding out the cast rounding out the cast we had melinda coulier mm-hmm. who played a character named amy so she was a reporter and she actually was the one who hired them in the first episode in the pilot that introduced us to the team and basically what happened was is she was trying to get more involved in the show, but they just really didn't do a whole lot with her. They bring her in as kind of like, you know, we need somebody to play the damsel in distress or we need somebody to like be a seductress over here, that kind of stuff. And so she wanted more kind of a meaty, meaty part in the series. So after the second season, she got fired or quit, depends on your source. But basically she was no longer on the show, replaced by another girl named... Uh, what was the other girl's name? Tanya. Uh, Tanya was the character's name. I don't remember the actual actress's name. And uh, Marla Heasley. Marla Heasley. Yeah, and she was for the third season. Then basically, they just kind of wrote out the female character altogether. And interesting, like George Papard being the dick that he is, <laughs> wasn't happy about either of the girls being on the show. And the best <laughs> one. Is when Tanya because those women need to know their place. Totally, he's like this show's for men. It's men on it, and so he went (laughs) told Tanya when she joined the show. She's like, "We don't need you. The only reason you're here is because the producers want a girl on the show, but we don't, you know, like just kind of went off on her about this." And it's like, "What a dick!" (laughs) It's like, "Hey, welcome to the show. Just so you know, we don't need you. You're only here because the producers feel we need a girl." And you know, although she joined the A team, kind of, Marla wasn't on the opening credit. Isn't that bad? Isn't that sad? Yeah. Okay, Jamie, for this promo, let's try to think outside the box. Why do we say that? Why do we say what? Why do we say think outside the box? Well, Jamie, you're in luck. There's a podcast dedicated to the subject of identifying why do we say that. Sweet, bro. What's it called? It's called Why Do We Say That? The podcast is hosted by father and son, Scott and Liam. 
On each episode, they discuss the etymology and history behind everyday sayings and words such as think outside the box, hell or high water, your mother wears army boots, and many more. And at the end of each episode, they play a game such as word or not a word, and for season two, what word am I? Episodes of Why Do We Say That are released every Tuesday and available on all podcast apps. Go check it out. Do it. All right. So each episode was very formulaic, which was, of course, one of the problems with the show, right? So you had the person hiring the A-team would go to some location where they would encounter Hannibal Smith, who was in costume and liked getting dressed up in his costumes. Well, he, yeah. And he's kind of master of disguise, right? That's his thing. That's his thing. Yeah. They each have their thing. Mm-hmm. So him being the math and the planner and all that kind of stuff and the cigar smoker, which were his cigars in real life. The dude was a, yeah. basically died from smoking lung cancer and then had pneumonia and then died. So they hire the A-team. Then usually Face is sent to break Murdoch out of the hospital. So they'll go, they'll break Murdoch out of the hospital. <laughs> and then it will probably involve flying in some way. So then they will either drug B.A. Baracus or knock him unconscious. So you know in old life the dude's got serious brain damage going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they would go to wherever the problem was. They would have the ups and downs of the problem, which at some point would involve them needing to do a montage of creating something, whether it be <laughs> taking a tractor and putting stuff all over it or whatever. <laughs> Gotta have a montage. Montage in every episode. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually, like you said, making something, building something cool that's going to solve their problem because they're problem solvers. Exactly. Then they have a shootout with the bad guys that involves cars jumping and being flipped, a lot of guns, nobody dying, and uh, they, you know, end the series, end the episode. And that's pretty much every episode. Mm -hmm. Which is fine with me, man. But again, I don't think it could go any more than five seasons, maybe, because eventually, like, the kids who watch it grow up, and then they're like, oh, well. Well, and that's what happened, right? The ratings started to drop into the fourth season. They retooled it for the fifth season. So here's a trivia thing. Who was the only character to actually die, get killed and died on the A-team? Who who was it? General Fulbright. So this was the guy who ordered them to rob the bank to begin with because he thought it would end the war. Well, the guy that robbed the bank told them to rob the bank died. And so Fulbright was was he the one that was after? No, because Decker was after them. And then was it Fulbright Decker? There was another one. But anyway, so he was one of the one of the army people. And he actually hired the A-team to go, I think, to Vietnam, if I remember correctly, to actually rescue his rescue his daughter, who was played by Tia Leone of Wayne's World fame, and he actually gets killed at the end of that Tia episode. Who? Tia Leone. Oh, she's on Wayne's World. Wayne's World, the girl from Wayne's World. Tia Tia Leone. That's her name, right? Tia Leone. Tia 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 really? Carrera. That's what I meant. Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera. <laughs> Jamie, it's not who I say; it's who I mean. You should know if I have Tia. That I mean, Tia Carrera. How many Tias do you know? You're talking about Leone with Wayne's World. What are you talking about, bro? There is a Tia Leone, though. Isn't she the blonde girl that was married to David Duchovny? All I know is you're confusing me with your Tia Leone of Wayne's World fame. I'm like, eh. All right. Tia Carrera. I think we're pulling another Milo. Well, hey, at least I remember. Drink, everybody. At least I remember who got killed in 
the A team. And then actually he's the one that died. Yeah. Yeah. Cause very few people died. Very few people actually even got shot. Even though there was lots of shooting and fighting and, and lots of cars blowing up, there was a lot of action, but they wanted to keep it like good for kids so they didn't kill anybody. So the fifth season was a bit different. They retooled it. They added a couple new characters as regulars. They had they were basically sent out on missions by the government, kind of uh, Mission Impossible style and stuff, but didn't didn't work, and the show got canceled after 98 episodes. Yeah, usually when you retool things and you got to kind of jump the shark and, and add people and all this kind of stuff, that's when you know you're kind of like on the – it's probably your last season. Yeah, like a sitcom. Whenever they add a new child to a sitcom. Yeah, like, oh, we had a baby or, or hey, our cousin or our, our uncle can't take care of the kid, so he's going to come live with us kind of deal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I think fifth season happened to the A team, where oh, let's add some characters, and and they weren't fugitives anymore. They were, yeah. Now they were okay. They weren't, which is kind of the cool thing about the show is they're totally like wanted. So they're criminal fugitives, but they're doing good things on, and then that ended in the fifth season. So yeah, that's when you know things are going downhill. I think the thing with it with it is it ran its course. Mm -hmm. Sometimes shows just don't need to drag on forever and ever. And it was, it did a good four years, five years and um, ended and people still watch it in reruns. People still love it. People still play with the toys. Yeah. They were great. Do you know what, you know what a team means? The alpha team. Yeah, that's right. So detached operational detachments, alpha. So in the Vietnam war, that's, that they the first time they used these US Army special forces. So that's that's where they got the name. I thought that's pretty I did I didn't know until we actually researched for today. Like why why did they even call it the A team? Because when you're a kid, you don't care. Mm. You're just like, I, I just want Mr. T. I want to see what kind of um new disguise uh Murdoch has. I want to see Hannibal. Hannibal. I want to see Murdoch in his craziness. I want to see what kind of con face is playing. I want to see action. I want to see cars blowing up. I want to see a lot of shoot them up, bang, bang, fun time. And why it's called the A-Team doesn't matter. But then you, you know you're getting old when you're like, why do they even call it the A-Team? Hmm, let's research this. And then you find out. And then because you care about that now. But back then you didn't. You didn't give a shit. <laughs> Nope, you're like the A team because it's the beginning it's, of the alphabet. They're number the one, baby. They're number one. That's right. It's the first letter. They were airborne, all of them. Not, not Murdoch. Oh yeah, because he was a pilot. Yeah, he didn't have the airborne. The, the airborne. Yeah, that's right. So in in order, there, I think I found what their ranks were in the military. All right. Well, we know so Hannibal was was a a colonel. Then. Oh, Man, I'm sorry, dude. His face was a lieutenant, wasn't he? Yeah. And then I think Murdoch was a captain and BA was a sergeant. That's right. You got it. I thought I was going to be cool, but then you were cool. <laughs> I know my A team. Yeah, you know your A team. I was like, I bet, then let me look it up. Hold on. I, I knew, but I forgot. And you're like, oh, let me tell you. You need to look that up. I was pausing to give you a chance, but you just weren't getting there. So I just decided to do it. For okay, you. well done. <laughs> You're the man, dude. <laughs> Thanks. Did you watch the movie? I didn't. Oh, uh, it's not very good. 
I'm sure it's not. Here's the. It was your typical '80s TV series turned big budget action flick with one-liners and CGI special effects. It doesn't really interest me. Those things, not really. I, I, I think. Here's the deal. When they first started coming out with these movies that made fun of, they had a comedic bent on old TV shows. It was kind of fun, like Starsky and Hutch with with uh, Ben Stiller and um, even the Brady Bunch. They they were it was obviously a comedy, tongue in cheek kind of thing. But then they started coming out with more and more movies based on old TV shows, and and they kept making the whole comedic tongue-in-cheek thing which got old you know what i'd really like to see is they come out with an actual action movie like not one-liners and and kind of making it kind of fun like a like a nice action movie like a real one that's a real legit action movie it actually has some suspense to it and uh, and it's not trying to be funny or, or anything it's just like a kick-ass kind of movie and it's just and I, if they do more of that i might watch them but i, I don't know i'm kind of done with I'm kind of done with Hollywood anyway. Check out nobody. I, I don't. I I will be happy to check out nobody or nothing or no, anything. It's called, it's called nobody. It's oh. <laughs> it's the guy that plays uh, Better Call Saul in it, oh. and it's basically he. The the plot is that he used to be some badass, but now he's married, kid, and all that kind of stuff, and his life sucks. And kind of gets involved. And so it follows a lot of the same action tropes of he gets involved and then starts being a badass again. But he also just gets the crap kicked out of him because, you know, he's retired and out of shape and that kind of stuff. So it's a good it's a good take on the genre. I liked it. Well, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, it's pretty much the only decent action film I've seen in the past few years of that type of action. So a where are they now kind of thing. So George Pepper, he, like you said, he left us that lung cancer and all that, right? Dwight Schultz, he went on to play a character that I kind of liked in Star Trek The Next Generation, Barkley. And I think he, he was supposed to be kind of a one-off character, but people liked him because he, was, he, he had a lot of anxiety. He had a holodeck addiction. He didn't like to talk to people he was like a real, you know, most Star Trek, the next generation is full of superhumans that are just absolutely virtuous, but he was kind of jacked up. He was more like normal people. Yeah. Normally they're all very confident and stuff. And he was, yeah, there. and he's, he's really got kind of more issues. So he, um, he went on to play th that role and, and he did other things, but he, he's probably no most notable for playing, playing that role, but he's done a lot of things ever since then. He's been on a lot of television since then and still still is as far as I know. Yeah, he's still working. I think he does a lot of voiceover or uh, cartoon characters and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Dirk uh, Benedict, we all know him from Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. Galactica, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what he played before this. Um, I don't. I, I think he worked quite a bit and he's still working quite a bit in television um, since then. I don't think he's any any super huge roles but he's he's been in he's been in stuff ever since yeah i think he's just doing small kind of one-off stuff or smaller roles and you know it doesn't really need he's, i'm sure he's got plenty of money and can kind of yeah. pick and choose and do things yeah just kind of do his thing yeah but what so but what's what's mr t up to these days he's just being mr t 
hawking himself as Mr. T. Like he's done a couple <laughs> commercials. Um, you know, like if you look, it's basically Mr. T as Mr. T featuring <laughs> Mr. T. So that kind of stuff. So, so he's still out there. He's still doing his thing. Uh, he had, I think he had a heart attack or he had something happen a few years ago. So I think he's kind of stepped out of the limelight since mm. then. But up until that point, yeah, he was still just doing his Mr. T thing. So you'll see him in a commercial every once in a while or. So Mr. T reminds me of that episode we did on Pee Wee Herman versus Ernest P. Worrell because Mr. T is kind of a character that's almost inseparable from the guy who plays him. Like how much of the real guy, Ty, Ty, Tyrone, um, how is that his name? Oh, good question. But how much, I mean, you don't even know his name because he's known by Mr. T, right? Lawrence? How much of him? Lawrence Terud, T-U-R-E-A-U-D, Terud? Yeah. Yeah, so that's where he gets the T. But how much of the real guy is is Mr. T and vice versa, right? So it's this guy, he wears like literally 35 to 40 pounds of gold on his neck, and he's got, you know, feather earrings and all this, my pity the fool. Is that, how much of that is really the guy? So this is another example of the 80s we, where we had characters that were almost inseparable from the actors who played them. Like they're almost like, like he would have his, if he got a, his name on the walk of fame, it wouldn't be his name. It would be Mr. T. So I, I thought Mr. T has always been interesting with the Mohawk and all that, the whole character, like how much of that is the real guy? A lot of it has to be. Cause I mean, he's still got the Mohawk. He still wears the gold. I don't think he wears as much now. Right, but be, uh, right, but but is it because he you has to? Have to? If that's your character, that's what you wear. Yeah, just like when no... Paul Rubens goes out as Pee Wee, he dresses like Pee Wee. But does he dress like Pee Wee all the time? No. But does does Lawrence dress like Mister T all the time? I bet you he does. So maybe it's it's all, his character is a lot of him, or maybe it's not a character at all. Maybe it's just him. Could it's be trip, man. Mister T trips me out. Yeah, I don't know. Call us, Mr. T. Shoot us a message on the uh, website uh, or through what you, Mr. T, Mr. T's Twitter. Shoot us a message on Mr. T's Twitter and let us know yeah. what, do you, what do you like outside of Mr. T? Yeah. How, how Mr. T are you or how, how much Lawrence is in Mr. T and vice versa? We, we want to know if you want to come on the podcast, Mr. T and do an interview, we'd love that. We'll let you on. I know you're listening. So just, just don't be shy. Yeah. Let us know. Give us a call. Well, I think it's probably time to wrap this episode up then. We've got our shout out to Mr. T. Audience, you can always find us on the 80s and 90s.com, our website on social media at the 80s and 90s.com. Let us know what you may remember about the A team. And with that, we will say we are out of here like Howling Mad Murdoch escaping from the crazy house once again. Goodbye. Yeah, he got out. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> Gotta find him again. They're not very good insane asylums. You'd think if he were in one of those mental hospitals, like you'd have some extra security knowing that the A team's gonna come break him out at any moment. Well, that's the thing. They're like, okay, he, he keeps breaking out. Let's maybe put him in a little higher security unit, but they don't. Wouldn't matter anyway, not with the A team. That's true. They'll break him out. <laughs> Then they got the guitar solo.
the action guitar solo. Then the heroic part. Yeah, it's the best theme song ever. I love it. 